0: Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners.
1: My third year is when I redid a new contract and became the number one receiver. That's the same year we brought in Jay Cutler. He's not really a sociable guy. he's not a talker you know what I mean he picks one or two guys and he just leashes on them and separates us up from
0: everybody as a quarterback like I tell him to this face today that to me my years in the NFL I played 11 years he's the best quarterback when it comes to accuracy power knowledge of the game the best quarterback hand down I ever played with now when it comes to a leadership the worst the worst, the worst. He don't know how to communicate. He don't know how to get his teammates involved. For me to be like at that time, one of number one and number two receiver, like you posted, have my bad record. So clearly, y'all didn't have the best relationship. Nah.
2: That's Devin Hester talking about how bad of a leader Jay Cutler is, for really no reason at all. We have we're not going to do anything on our show about that today. We just thought it was a really hilarious and fun soundbite that uh, validates how bad of a leader Jay Cutler was. So. Not that you know, the Vikings have had the greatest quarterback history, but uh the Bears are hilarious. Uh Gerson Rosas, the Timberwolves president of basketball operations, will join today, and it's a reckless speculation Thursday. I'm Mackie and Judd, which means our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Scoop Podcast will join us. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is pleased to announce My Shield, your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. MyShield is available 24/7 and can be accessed from a computer, tablet, smartphone or the MyShield app. Customizable dashboard that organizes resources specific to your business. So if you're a business owner and you want more protection, more peace of mind, a better partner, Federated is here to help you. Federatedinsurance.com, click on the uh, meet MyShield link. And at Federated, it's our business to protect yours.
0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the
2: things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in to the show today, Mackie and Judd. It's a Reckless Speculation Thursday, which means uh, we take your trade ideas and we, uh, we riff on them. So if you ever have trade ideas, just... You can send them to me on Twitter or Judd at Jay Zolgat at Phil Mackey at Texas Tweets. And that's actually why we brought Gerson Rosas and President of Basketball Operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We just want, can we just throw random trade ideas at you for 15 minutes and you write them down, sir?
1: Hey, man. My staff does this with me every day. I should have patched <laughs> it to you guys weekly now.
2: Make it a show. <laughs> See,
1: that's the key.
3: Make that a show. I'll watch. <laughs>
1: No, I'm always open to hearing good ideas. Unfortunately, you guys know I can't comment on guys outside of our crew, but hey, creativity is important, so we value it in Actually, any shape or form.
2: So I, I do have a question that, that won't get you in trouble because obviously you can't comment on players outside your organization, but a lot has been written and said about just the fact that you guys, you guys have been active over the last several months in floating things to teams. So I guess my question is, What is your process like behind the scenes when it comes to the last year of roster makeover? Do you guys just have like brainstorming sessions where you get into a room and you're like, all right, let's – No, there's no cap on how wild the idea can be. Just here's an hour, let's just get in a room and throw ideas out. How does that
1: work for you guys? Absolutely. And I I would say it's more of a regular routine. I think every every couple of weeks, every month, uh, our whole staff – Uh, We even get our coaches involved in as well. And it's just, Hey, you know, where's the league at uh, what guys are available and how can we be aggressive and creative to continue to add talent to the base Uh, for us? Number one, the focus is always is improving internally and helping our guys and helping our guys grow to be stars and uh, be high level players. But we're not doing our job if we're not being diligent and being thorough and Anytime you're able to acquire, a, you know, a star player, it's usually a process that takes uh, months, uh, if, if not weeks. But it's it's a long, long drawn out process. So you have to identify, you have to evaluate, and you have to be able to put yourself in a position to communicate uh, and, and and be in a place where you can make those types of acquisitions. But we do a number of those exercises regularly. Just what's around the league, what's going on, any opportunities that are presenting themselves. You know, the tough part right now is that there's no games being played. So there's new, no new data, no new information. Everybody needs to play games so they can get a feel of where they're at. But... Those those processes don't happen overnight. You got to be prepared and you got to be aggressive with them. And it's one of the things we try to stay on top of as much as possible.
3: So, of the trade proposals that get th- thrown out and discussed internally by you guys, G- G- Gerson, how many would you say that you actually pick up the phone then and take two teams? Like, do you think it's ten percent? You think it's five? What what's the the percentage of actual uh, trade proposals where you think that's worth calling? you know, Washington or Houston, pick your team.
1: Uh no, I'd say it's higher. I mean, we're probably one of the most aggressive teams in the league. And it's not because uh, you know, we're we're not happy where we're at. It's just you have to have these conversations if you want to be in a position to make moves. And the reality of it is we're probably shooting at about fifty percent of those ideas, and a lot a majority of them are no's and we know that. But Any information that we can acquire from the other team, just understanding their position, understanding their goals, and understanding their objectives, we want to be good trade partners, and we want to make deals that are win-win for both sides. There's only 29 other partners here, so you want to have healthy uh, relationships with them, but you understand a lot of times you're going to get a lot of no's before you get a yes, and everything is timing, and the ability to have those communications, to have an open line, of of communications with teams is important because that's how you get deals done this is not it's rarely uh, a a transaction or a structure where a team calls you and say hey let's do this and it gets done it's multiple conversations over you know long periods of time where you finally get to a level where both sides feel good about it and you're able to move forward
2: Uh, on the draft I just I feel like I personally would, would not have wanted to be in the position you guys were in, in a, in a, in a non-obvious year where there's not a LeBron necessarily that people have been watching for three years leading up to the draft. It just seems like in those non-obvious years, it, it can be such a crapshoot when you're trying to figure out which 19-year-old kid can we count on to reach his full potential as, as a grown man in like five years. So what do you look for? In terms of mental or physical traits, like what's the number one or two things? Like, okay, this guy can shoot. That's great. This guy's, you know, 225 pounds in the case of Edwards. That's great. But like when it comes down to will this guy who's 19 years old become, you know, reach the 90th percentile of his physical and mental abilities? What is that thing or two things that you look for?
1: Come on, man! You're going to be bold and aggressive on trades, but you don't want to be bold and aggressive in the draft. For a scout at heart, that that's right. the place where you want to be at. You know, it's the unknown. You know, I, I talked back to uh, there was a similar draft, uh, you know, seven eight years ago where our current MVP is at, and it's hard. It's complicated, but you know, I'm I'm fortunate to be in the role that I'm at. Our staff is we love the challenge. This is this is not pressure. This is about getting the opportunity to do something. Uh, In this organization, that's very special. And to be able to set the draft board to pick the guy, we had six, seven months, which is an incredible opportunity to prepare for the draft to get to know these guys in a level where in other years you weren't able to do this. It was exciting for us. And we, you know, we felt like uh, the processes were very thorough. They were very diligent. But specifically in terms of Anthony Edwards, and it's tough for you guys. You guys are on the outside looking in. You don't get a chance to spend time with guys. You don't get a chance to evaluate all the games. You don't get a chance to see all the testing and and all the evaluation that goes into place. But we there's there's many a years where they say, hey, uh, you know, this prospect was unknown. Time will tell, and we're very confident in our processes. We're very confident in our staff. We're very confident in the work that we did uh, to get to Anthony. At number one. Uh, but as, as as much time as we spent on that, the talent became obvious, the physical skills, uh, the skill set, uh, the translation, the ability. You're talking about one of the youngest players in college last year, a guy that should have been a, a high school in senior, a senior in high school playing at the SEC. Uh, and then it's our job to be able to evaluate that and translate that to the NBA. but it's a it's a responsibility it's an opportunity that we cherished you know to be able to really get to know these guys to evaluate them and to project them uh, was was a special process and for us it was a clear cut choice uh, at the end of the day so th- you know, t- talking about
3: um, uh, the draft and trades and just the construction of your uh, r- roster a- as a whole, I think from the outside, we just think of talent, right? And let's get as much talent as possible, and you're going to have this talent. Uh, take us inside, though, the discussions and the thought process that goes into combining talent with chemistry as well. Because that obviously, you know, with D'Angelo and with Cat, you want players that can not only fit on the court with them, but also help them uh, mature and develop. H- how much internally goes into talking about acquiring and acquisition of guys who are going to fit both in the room and on the floor and be good fits?
1: That's a great question. Man. And I and I will tell you. Yeah. Right. I just took a judge just took the lead. Twenty three. Twenty three to twenty two.
3: Thanks, Gerson. <laughs> You're my guy.
1: Always (laughs) said,
3: always said, you're my guy. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Yeah, I feel it. No, you know, our ability to be aligned with with coach and just basketball operations in general. You know, we don't make these these decisions in a vacuum. A lot of it is number one, I'll say, you know, our belief, our focus as an organization is that there's no player that's perfect, just like there's no executive that's perfect or no coach that's perfect. We want to identify strengths and weaknesses, and we want to know how those guys fit into our environment and fit into our players. We want guys here that we feel like we can help and support them uh, with their weaknesses and help them maximize their strengths. There's some guys that you just feel after that evaluation, like, hey, it's not going to work here, and it's, it's not because you didn't find the perfect guy. It's just it's not a good fit. Uh, but for us, you know, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's trade, we do a ton of background. We do a ton of intel. Just what are these guys like? What are they going to bring? How do they fit into our system? How do they complement our best players in Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell? And what are they going to add to the puzzle that we're putting together here on the floor and off the floor? And how, we, how can we impact them in terms of our culture and in terms of our, our philosophy and our beliefs? And it's something that it takes, it takes more time. And by no means is there a perfect formula to success. But you just want to make educated decisions every step of the way,
2: uh, Gerson. How, how is Cat doing? We've I, I know the the NBA put out. You guys are going through all of your sort of your intake process. So how's he doing with the year that he's had? Um, as you guys look at him physically with his wrist, what can you what can you tell us in our audience about Cat?
1: Oh, uh, physically he's in a great place. Uh, you know, mentally he's in a better place. Uh, he's, you know, he's a human, just like I said. You know, with with all our guys, uh, it was a very tragic off season for him. And to lose um, a parent, to lose your mother, especially as close as he was, it was devastating. Uh, but he's been around Minnesota most of the off season. His, he's been here uh, in our facility over the last four to six weeks. Uh, he's in here now regularly working out. Uh, so he's excited. I think he's, he's in a better place, as good as you can be, having gone everything he's gone through in a very public, Manner, uh, but you know he loves Minnesota. He loves the Timberwolves. The basketball court uh, is going to be a place of relief for him. And I know he's he's been uh, he's been a lot more comfortable here with his teammates and around our guys. So it's nice, you know. It, it it feels no. None of us are back to to our old normal but there's a new normal. And every day there's more activity. Guys around the gym, uh, more guys here in Market. Even this year with the new training camp, uh, it's. You, you're getting a sense of normalcy. You're getting excited because there's more basketball coming. And for a guy like him, he needs to get back to the old routine and, and a little bit of, of basketball that he's used to to get away from from the, uh, the all the things that he's been through.
3: What's the, this long break uh, done for you and the entire uh, team as well, though? Because, I mean, you, you've been off since March now. Speaking about get, getting back to routines and things like that, um, just how difficult has this made it and, and ha- has it impeded the process that you foresaw because of the long stoppage or is, or, you know, ha- has it basically uh, still been able to stay on the course that you were hoping the day that you got this job and obviously didn't know a pandemic was right around the corner.
1: Uh, you know, from a, from a development perspective, it's made it challenging because we didn't get as many games as we would have liked last season. We didn't get a summer league this season, uh, but on the positive side, We've been one of the leaders in the NBA in terms of player participation. We've been fortunate. We've had 75 to 80% of our players here throughout the break working out individually, doing as much as we can do. Coach and his staff have done an unbelievable job of preparing a program for those guys once once the pandemic hit. And guys have, have worked on the court. They've worked in the weight room. So we see the development. We see the growth. Having our, our, our bubble here in Minnesota allowed us to play and to get a sense of where things were at, uh, which was important for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's nothing like playing, and we're finally getting down to that. I think we've been able to execute very specialized program for our guys that has us excited. We've got young guys, and, and we've been very aggressive in terms of, of roster building. You, know, you look at some of the moves that we made, bringing in Ricky Rubio and an Ed Davis. We have good young talent that we're excited about, especially when you consider – Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels coming into the mix, but we need to start developing that and we need to start moving that forward. And having a, a high level playmaker like Ricky is super important for us in that regard and, and what he and D'Angelo can do together. And now he can help our young wings. You know, Ricky was in Utah with another high level, uh, wing and they came in together and, uh, The ability to make the game easier for our young players is going to be important as we develop them and to have good locker room vets, a guy like Ed Davis, who, uh, you know, does has an incredible influence and impact on the court and off the court with our young guys, that development will continue. Uh, You know, there's things you can't control like a pandemic, but from a talent base, I I feel like we're further ahead than where we were last year. Uh, And from a philosophy base in terms of our team, I think we've got a lot of potential offensively and we've got a needs, a lot of needs that we have to address on the defensive end. But those are focuses of us, of ours going into training camp.
2: All right. Malik Beasley. If I know if I ask you about Malik Beasley, you're going to say what you've said, which is that you guys you, you wait for legal process to play out that you and that you you want to develop players on and off the court. And I respect those things. So what I want to know is when you see a player pop up in headlines, either for legal issues like we've seen uh, with Malik or TMZ headlines like we've also seen with Malik, how does your day change when those headlines come
1: out? <laughs> oh, you, you always want less than more in that regard, but the reality of is where we're at as a social platform and uh, where things are at from, uh, from a media perspective, it's a reality that we live with. And uh, ideally, you want to be the team and the group that's below the radar, uh, that's just doing the work um, and, you know, are, are, are making more, more noise on the court than off. But it's a reality we all live through. And the other thing is there's two sides to a story. And some of these media outlets, uh, what's being reported, what's being told is only one side of it. So to be fair to players, to organizations, not only ours, but throughout the league. You always know there's a, there's a story behind a story, and for us, it's trying to figure out what's going on and what's real. Any way that you that, that some organizations or some media outlets can just get a headline or get a response or get clicks, uh, it's we're in a different time, and I feel for you guys because it you guys not everybody does it that way, but there's a segment of media that does it that way, and it's unfair to players but at the same time players and organizations know we have very public roles and whatever we do on the court whatever we do on off the court all of those things are exposed in one way or another and people are going to make mistakes uh the biggest thing is not to continue to make the same mistakes to learn from the mistakes and to grow and to develop uh and and, then to be better and that's our focus and that's our emphasis
2: and you guys you guys feel like you can trust him
1: uh, absolutely. I mean, we've we've gone through the due diligence, uh, you know, with with not only him, but all our guys and everything they go through. And you have hard conversations and you have to challenge these guys being in the NBA, being in the position we're in is a privilege. And the opportunity to do that day in and day out is not promised to anybody. And when situations happen, they have to be addressed and they have to be improved upon. Yeah.
2: Gerson Rosas, president of Basketball Operations, Minnesota Timberwolves, and fledgling beard uh, wearer. We're challenging (laughs) you to to rock the playoff beard, even if it takes like two or three years.
3: Do it before it's all gray, (laughs) like me. It's all gray now. I look like Santa Claus, Gerson.
1: My hope is to start growing it once the pandemic is over. So hopefully that happens sooner rather than (laughs) later.
2: All right. Amen. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, guys.
2: All right, that's uh, that's Gerson Rosas. He's uh, he's he's made a number of appearances on the show, and he's out, He's always a good sport. And you know what? I got to give you credit. Yes! You've now taken a twenty three to twenty two uh, lead in the co- good question standings. This is a year here, here. This is Late co- here. Oh boy.
3: This is cousins like. Yeah, you were down fourth quarter, Carolina. Bing, Bing, Bing! Yeah. Right down the
2: field. Tyler Dunn gave you one earlier this week on Purple Daily too, and we didn't acknowledge it on the show, and but it got we called we, on Twitter. Yeah. But we did acknowledge it in the standing. So Judd now has twenty three good questions or good points awarded on the year. I have twenty two. Rami with nine. Jonathan had three. Declan has one and Cronin also has one. How would Cronin get
4: one? Uh she got we, we gave her one because Kirk said good question, Courtney, and that's one of the right. answers. So yeah. we honored her and she got into the game. Yep. yep. And fair. a uh presser and we played the uh, we played the soundbite, right?
3: Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah that's so right. That's very fair. It's very fair. It um, so, all right, well, we're going to get Doogie on here shortly for uh, for part of Reckless Speculation Thursday. But let's just... let's just Reckless Speculation! Real quick, uh, Declan has a trade idea. Mm-hmm. We have... I don't know if we're going to have time to get to all of this stuff, but uh, a listener sent a trade idea, and then I have a roster idea for the Twins. But real quick, anything that stood out to you there, just to recap Gerson Rosas briefly here, Judd? Um, I thought his...
3: Answer to to the question from me that was a great question. I thought that was intriguing because I I do find that the construction of a roster uh, is much more than we think about. Like, we always just think, get good players, right? Get good players, get good players. Well, the important thing is you've got Towns, you've got D'Angelo Russell, so you've got good players, and now who do you surround them with? And I, I believe that ultimately what the Wolves are trying to do, and it's smart, is probably make those two as happy as possible and also get guys who are going to lift them up as players uh, both on and off the court. And so I think the construction of this team with Rosas and Ryan Saunders is an intriguing topic because it's not just a simple, well, just get good, good guys. Uh, and I believe Gerson came out a couple days ago and basically talked about the fact they might not be done yet. I am curious what the next move would be, because I think the next move, which might not come soon, Phil, might be a fairly substantial move that would be sort of, in their mind, the crowning this is the third guy move.
2: I think they would they would love to land, whether it's like, if, if things don't go well with Chris Paul in Phoenix with Devin Booker, or if things don't go well, well, I mean, there, there's actually... There's actually a chance James Harden could get traded somewhere other than Brooklyn still at some point. I don't think it's going to happen immediately because they just landed John Wall, but you have you have three teams right now in the NBA in Washington, Houston, and Phoenix that all have disgruntled three-point shooting superstar guards in Devin Booker, James Harden, and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's probably not quite as disgruntled, at least he like he hasn't publicly demanded a trade like James Harden. He might now. Well, they're going to let it ride with. I think he's when going to Westbrook's
3: be jacking up shots all the time.
2: I agree with that. Russell Westbrook is not a guy that you. He's, he's such a just ridiculous Energizer Bunny volume scorer. He has to almost just be on his own team. Um, so it's not going to end well there. But all three of those teams are trying the, well, let's just like bring in another older guy and see what happens. Let's bring in Chris Paul over here, 35, and he's still good. But God bless this league, yes. Bring Russell Westbrook over there and John Wall, why don't you come back? You haven't played in like two years, but you'll go play over here. And so those three teams are kind of on their last-ditch effort to make their superstar sniper shooting guards happy. And we'll see how all three of those situations play out this year. But I think those are three phone calls you make multiple times throughout the season to gauge. Rank them for me. How's was that? Oh my god! Rank, rank them. Reckless speculation. Wow, I just made you happy. Okay, by you the way. asked. Okay, it was a great question. By the way, so I can't get right. the point, but it was a great question. I don't have the contracts sitting in front of me, but I know that James Harden makes the most money of all those guys. So he would be the hardest to finagle from a cap standpoint because you're also paying Max to Delo mm-hmm. and Cat, but you're also but you're paying. A, there's like different levels of Max. You're paying Max to Booker over here. All these guys are Max guys. But let's just, just say, say like he's a he's a Max a Max guy. Like let's say that you could wave the wand and pick those three. How would you pick them? Devin Booker number one, age, yep. fit, chemistry, everything. Yep. Number one. Yep. All of these guys, by the way, have defensive deficiencies. So it's not like you're going to get a a perfect LeBron package here. You're going to get guys who can shoot and who can score and who once in a while decide if they want to play defense. I would say for age and every reason, Booker. Between the other two guys, Harden's the better player, but Harden's, I think he's like 30, and he makes more money. So I would probably rank Harden third, which sounds crazy, unless you thought you could win a ring in like two or three years. But I love this idea of, Getting another guy in his mid twenties, Harden's the best of the bunch. But I'm talking about like chemistry, fit, window, all those. things. I would agree with right? that part. Yes. So some people may be like, well, "James Harden's like one of the greatest scorers of all yeah. time." Yeah, yeah, he totally is. It's not the point though. Totally is. So I'm with you. But but like Devin Booker is on the record saying two of his best friends in the world are the two Timberwolves stars. Yep. So that's very intriguing. And now, what would you have to give up? You'd have to make the salaries match. You can you can go over the cap as the Timberwolves. It's a soft cap in the NBA. But you. But if you're over the cap, you can't take on more money in a trade. You have to. It has to be even, even money trade. So you'd almost certainly have to trade like Ricky Rubio's seventeen million dollars. Which if you just if if you can get Devin Booker, you okay. just trade him back to Phoenix. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do that. So, but that. But those those three teams are currently locked in for 2020-21. They have made a commitment to. We're gonna try this one more time. Hopefully it goes well. I'm sure at least one or two of those teams will keep going beyond 2020-21. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee at least one of those three teams decides, uh, this isn't this isn't working. Or the players want out. Yeah, and James Harden still wants out. Yeah, It's not like, so. oh, I got John Wall, I'm good. <laughs> John Wall who can't shoot and hasn't John Wall played in two, two years, years, right? Yep. He didn't play last year, and he missed By the, way, the second though, half of the way This preview. league,
3: how great as far as transactions go, right? Like baseball is like last night. It's the non-tender deadline coming up at seven p.m. And the NBA is like, "Hold on a second here, okay?" Hold my beer. Let's let's get this right. John Wall, Woj, Bob, Exactly. <laughs> and it's then, like Rosario got non-tendered.
2: Oh bleep you! Not only that, this is the NBA, and I don't know if the NBA <laughs> plans this on purpose, but Major League because they, they don't. Major League baseball is completely irrelevant outside of, like, the World Series and, like, local regular season games on the national platform. Right. But it is funny that, all right, this is the day where some, like, B-level players might get cut from their teams, and the NBA is like, oh, you're trying to make noise? Uh, Okay. (laughs) So we have a John Wall and a Russell Westbrook trade. LeBron signs a two-year extension, and Anthony Davis signs a five-year max to go back to the Lakers for almost $200 million. The best? We got the headlines. The best was,
3: like, 10 years back. Sunday night baseball opener, the regular season, and the National Football League's like, you know what? We got a McNabb trade.
2: He, no no he, one's paying attention he, to He might be it. over the hill by three years, <laughs> we, but he's a household name, exactly. and baseball only has three of those. Coming
3: up next, first pitch, Nationals and Reds. <laughs> Wait, no, coming up, the Eagles trade, Donovan McNabb. Nobody cares about baseball.
2: Anyway, uh, you know, and we, we do care about baseball uh, at least enough to follow some of the, the twins' fodder. We talked about Eddie Rosario yesterday, and that's official. He is off the roster. Matt Whistler was non tender. Reckless speculation. So, I do at some point today, or maybe this can be something we mix in in the next week, I do have, I do have some Trevor Bauer questions for you guys. But Declan has a trade idea for Reckless Speculation Thursday. I have not heard this yet, but he told me in the hallway, I have a trade idea, so we're going we're gonna to put him on the spot. I,
4: I need a little bit of work, but I need a little bit of help getting this trade to finalize, but I I, I, think, it, I think it's possible. So the Twins obviously need more starting pitching help. Yeah, they Trevor, basically have three starting you know, pitches right now. And, and, and I'm and not you, cutting Randy and, down. And now. getting Trevor Bauer is going to be tough because you're going to have to give up a lot of money. Well, how about a trade for a National League pitcher who is a damn good pitcher? and a team that is looking for a second baseman because he just left uh, in free agency. They declined his option. So the St. Louis Cardinals are looking for a new second baseman because Colton Wong, uh, they denied his option, and I, I doubt they'll bring him back. They maybe could on a, on a cheaper deal, but I think they're looking for a new second baseman. Twins are looking for a star pitcher, and it's going to take a lot to pry this guy away, but I did read he's looking for a long-term deal, and the Cardinals aren't look, looking to budge at this moment. They're just going to take him to arbitration, or at least for his tender deal. What if you traded Luisa Rice wow. mm-hmm. and, and Johan Duran for Jack Flaherty of the Saints? Reckless speculation.
2: So, this is the type of trade you should be thinking about. Yeah. I love this type of trade.
4: It's. I still don't think—it's not enough. It's not enough to get Jack Flaherty, who was top five in Cy Young in 2019. He, he had a rough year, obviously an abbreviated 2020 season— mm-hmm. But this this guy's probably the opening day starter for the Cardinals if Adam Wainwright isn't there. Yep. Here's okay. Here's
2: so just because we're it's baseball we're not dealing with household names unfortunately. Yep. Jack Flaherty is a he's one of the better starting pitchers under the age of twenty five. He was he got roughed up a little bit last year in a pandemic year, but big strikeout pitcher. He's twenty five years old going into this upcoming season, and he's and he's got three maybe four years. Let me see here. He's entering the
4: first year of um. Arbitration. arbitration. Three is three years
2: of team control left. Yep. So you be getting it for three years. Here's the flaw with this trade, and I am not. I don't mean to be shoot it down guy, but the Cardinals aren't the type of franchise that bails on guys with three years of team control left. They're the type of franchise that does re-sign. Like they will pump money into players. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not a Yankees payroll, but the Cardinals will pump money into players, and that division's pretty gettable right now. There's not like a right. super team in that division. So I don't. This is the type of trade you should be looking at though, because you've got. Prospects, You could trade Max Kepler if you wanted to because yeah. you get any number of corner. This fillers. is where
3: the Blake Snell trade probably yes. becomes more of a possibility because Tampa will make that trade.
2: Yeah. T- so Tampa is trying to make this exact trade with Blake Snell. He's got like three years of team control left. I think he's on a contract. And Declan signed.
3: and De- Declan's offer to the Cardinals would not be a bad starting point for Tampa.
2: If you could somehow go to Tampa, let's let's take Declan's idea and evolve it.
4: Reckless speculation. The so one said, is great. But so yeah. you said
2: Arise, you're going Arise and who? And Johan Duran. So he's like their first or second best pitching prospect. Yeah, right? that, yeah, that's an attractive offer. If you go to Tampa, I'd love to start there. Hey, you guys want a, a really good team control infielder? They might not need, but they've always been into Max Kepler. So you'd probably have to cross Arise off and go uh, Max Kepler here instead. If you traded Max Kepler to the Rays, you probably wouldn't even need to give up Yoen Duran because they like Max Kepler. You could probably give up something less than Yon Duran, and uh, then they could get out from underneath the money that they would owe Blake Snell, who's one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. And that's the, a call you make, and right? The Kepler contract is really, really, really
3: good for a team. Yeah, that's so a like four or five years contract. That yes, yeah.
2: that's a doable trade right there. The Twins, by the way, have now that so yesterday. They uh, they did tender contracts to a bunch of other players who are arbitration eligible. Jose Barrios, Byron Buxton, uh, Tyler Duffy got $2.5 Mitch Garver is back, et cetera, et cetera. A few others, right? So according to BaseballReference.com, when you count all the arbitration money that they signed on for yesterday, Eddie Rosario gone, all the free agents like Nelson Cruz, let's take all those guys off for now. So Cruz, Odorizzi, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, those guys are all gone. They're on the hook right now for $88 million or so going into next year. Uh-huh. Now, last year, their opening day payroll was about $50 million on top of that. I don't think they're going to go back to that opening day payroll, but they're going to add to the $88 million. The question is, are they going to add $20 million? Are they going to add $30 million? Trevor Bauer, straight up, whether it's a one-year deal or a multi-year deal, is going to cost someone $30 million a year, I would think. He's just one of the best starting pitchers in baseball, uh-huh. and he's in his prime. Yep. So – If that pie-in-the-sky Trevor Bauer idea is in the cards, I think it means that you wouldn't be re-signing Nelson Cruz. You would either be Cruz and something else or Trevor Bauer, and then that's the end of your free agent spending. Would you guys, with that money... Reckless speculation! Would you rather sign Nelson Cruz and, like, I don't have a name here, but let's say, um, I don't know, like a number three starter to help fill out your rotation. Or would you rather say goodbye to Nelson Cruz and sign Trevor Bauer for, like, two years, $60 million.
4: I do Trevor Bauer. That's that's why I was a couple of in last night. It's the exact move I said to make. You let Eddie Rosario walk, you let Cruz walk, and if it means you get Trevor Bauer, you take that every single time. I don't think it's close, in my opinion. And
2: I say two years, 60, because he's on the record saying that he will take one-year contracts for the rest of it. We don't know what he's going to do. He could take a one-year contract, get out of the pandemic. uh, He could sign a five-year contract. I don't know what he's going to do. Your problem is that I think
3: on Bauer, if you come up with a figure – he likes. There's about three teams that will come in and beat you, the Mets, maybe a team like the Dodgers.
2: That's, the Dodgers are. That, yeah. That's the problem. But the Mets. But the Met, I mean, I don't think he'll go to the Dodgers. I think he wants to help a team win a World but Series. But
3: the guy, the guy that owns the Mets, Steve Cohn, last night tweeted out to the fans, "Who do you like? Who got non-tendered?" Basically saying, that's "Amazing," because we'll a... pursue him. Like the Mets are, because Cone didn't, Cone over, didn't lose your, a dime.
2: Pulling your idiot Met fans for he's, front office advice I mean, doesn't seem like a good idea.
3: No, it doesn't. But the point is, I think that the Mets are the one team, the basic, because they because Cone didn't lose a dime. So he's going to be the one guy who's like, ah, oh, yeah, let's go spend. Let's yeah. go spend. So th- my guess is the Twins opening day payroll,
2: realistically, it's probably going to be between 105 and 110. So if it is, that means That's my guess. if it's 110, I mean, it has to be. you're adding like $20 million. Yes. And so you wouldn't be signing Bauer. No. But in my hypothetical, let's say you did bump it up a little higher. Would you, Judd, rather have Trevor Bauer or Cruz plus mid-rotation starter? I'd rather have Bauer
3: if I could do it. I just don't believe I would do that it. with the current climate I can. Uh, but yes, Actually, I, I what,
2: would. What I would really rather do is sign Nelson Cruz because I think you can win a playoff game in 2021. That? And I would look to trade Max Kepler. who you know, Max Kepler was great two years ago. He's a corner outfielder who doesn't really get on base. Who's kind of a platoon guy because he can't hit lefties most seasons. Okay. I think there's more upside there. But if I could get Blake Snell in a deal for Max Kepler and then use free agent money to sign Nelson Cruz back, that's yeah. what I. That's Play the route. quick.
3: Pursue. Question for you guys then. Reckless speculation. Would you rather trade if I can wave a magic wand and trade one of these two, Max Kepler,
2: Miguel Sano? Well, I'd rather get rid of Miguel Sano, but I'm going to get a lot more from Max. There's no way right. I get Blake Snell in a in a Miguel Sano deal. Right. There's a chance I could go Max Kepler plus something else and get Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. So I would I'd I'd rather I'd rather say goodbye to Miguel Sano, but I'd rather get Blake Snell. Can Alex so. Kirloff simultaneously
3: play first, right, and left? <laughs> can we split him? Don't forget about some of the other guy, Trevor
2: Larnak. Yeah, I know. You know. Brent Rooker can hit. We saw yeah. that guy hit. Can he and guess really what? Can, they're all going
3: to be playing in St. Paul if they're not playing in downtown. Yeah, go watch it.
2: It's going to be actually super fun. You can go watch Probably those guys hit bombs all over St. Paul.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's the wrong button. Reckless speculation. All right, quick pause. Let's get our guy Doogie in for some scoops next.
4: Reckless speculation. Great talk. Juicy rumors. All right.
2: Our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, also host of the Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com. You can find him on Twitter at D. Wolfson, KSTP. Uh, Doogie, what's going on with you? We've got a million things we can get into here. Twins, Wolves, you name it.
0: It is your show, gentlemen. So your lead. Good to be back. Last week, of course, was Thanksgiving. So it's been a couple weeks since we've chatted, at least on air.
2: So uh, let's let's actually let's start with wolves and carry that over because we we had Gerson Rosas off the top of the show and got into a, a number of different things. A couple quick, just little little headlines. We I told him, listen, the first overall pick was sort of an unenviable pick from my perspective, and he laughed and said, honestly. We had six or seven months runway, and we feel super confident in what we were doing with the number one pick because we had all the inside information, got to meet with all the players. So they, he doubled down on just his love for Anthony Edwards. Um, and then he also said Carl Anthony Towns is fine physically, and mentally he's in a much better spot than maybe he was whenever, earlier this year. Uh, those are two main takeaways. Oh, and Malik Beasley, they're... Uh, they feel like they're 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 confident that Malik Beasley won't train wreck them, but I don't I have my doubts.
0: Well, I mean, they have a really good security team. That's not something we talk about very often, but I can promise you internally their security team, doing all the homework they've done, they certainly have contacts with the Plymouth Police Department, other good contacts in town. Oh, by the way, Malik has two really good attorneys. Like he's looking at some sort of NBA suspension, but in terms of of the legal situation, it's not like he's going to jail or anything overly drastic. I mean, the allegations are incredibly troubling. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just telling you they did all sorts of due diligence with their security team before saying, okay, Malik, here's three years, $44 million. You know, here's a fourth-year team option that we, that we control, but here's $44 million guaranteed. I can promise you they felt comfortable giving him all that money
3: where do you, do you think things currently stand with cat uh, too, just as far as the recovery from the wrist um, and the fact that this team has not played a game since March, uh, since he's the really most important piece probably of this team roster wise, where do you think things are uh, with him currently as a player, especially when you reflect back on the fact that, you know, with the loss of his mom to COVID, this has been an incredibly, incredibly trying season. For yeah, year. I
0: think that his new girlfriend, Jordan Woods, I think there's some comfort there that finding somebody through tragedy to be able to lean on, you know, a shoulder to cry on. I think Jordan has been that for Kat. So I think he's in a decent spot, relatively speaking, but it remains a really big year, Judd, for him. Mm-hmm. For the franchise, you say probably? I'll go further and say he's the most important piece. That's fair, yeah. I do find it interesting that the last few days on social media, the Wolf social media channels, you see pictures of Beasley. You see pictures of Rubio. Jared Vanderbilt. Jake Lehman. Where are the pictures of Carl Anthony Towns? Now, I'm led to believe he's in town. He's been in town. But where is he? It's just that to me is interesting, but opening night is still, what, three weeks away, so I don't have any doubts at this point that, that you know, he won't be able to play opening night or anything like that. The wrist is fine. I mean, the wrist, that goes back to, to, what, late February, early March. So at this point, many, many months later, yeah, I take Gerson at face value on, on you know, just the health of, of his wrist. I just find it interesting that that he's nowhere to be seen when when you see all these other players on on social media, I do think the addition of Ricky Rubio will be good for Cat. I was actually texting with somebody who knows Ricky and Cat incredibly well that was part of the Wolves organization when those two were together, you know a few years back. I know that Ricky was annoyed by some of cat's defensive fail- uh failings some of his some of his lack of effort on the defensive end, but as a person, Ricky likes cat, so Ricky feels like you know, he can he can go at Cat now even many years later. I think Ricky feels like as as a savvy veteran in the league at 30 years old, that he's got even more power to really really go at Cat. So I think it'll be good to have somebody to at least hold Cat somewhat accountable. But I also think it's on the coaching staff. At some point, the coaching staff, Ryan Saunders specifically, is going to have to coach Cat hard. That hasn't happened yet. I look forward to that hopefully happening sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's going to be... Oh, man, I just don't know. I don't know if he's... I almost feel like
2: the the ship has sailed on that, that if you haven't coached a guy hard when he's 19, 20, 21, not, not, now Sam Mitchell coached him hard, right? Sam Mitchell was his coach in his rookie year, if I remember Sam did, right.
0: yeah. I mean, that's so, just, I mean, that's Sam's DNA. I'm not quite sure Sam, you know, knows how to coach guys any other way. Now, Sam was also really good at, at you know, uh, being a father figure, putting the arm around a guy. I mean... He would berate Andrew Wiggins at times, but then give him a big giant hug. So, yeah. I mean, Sam was able to play that game relatively well. Let's not forget, too, when when Sam took over, wasn't the previous year, weren't they like a 15 or 16-win team? Sam yeah. comes in, they did win 29 games. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like plus 13 mm-hmm. in the win column. So, you can argue all of Sam's warts. You can argue, hey, if he was that good of a coach, he'd be coaching right now. He wouldn't be a great you know, TV analyst, TV personality. But I can just tell you the one year that Sam was given the keys, even with the interim title, they did play pretty darn well, all things considered. Yeah. So, all right, just for fun here, because this is reckless speculation.
2: Reckless speculation. We brought this up earlier in the show. There are three teams in the NBA right now with that, that look like they're taking sort of last-ditch efforts to make their star three-point shooting guard slash wing players happy you've got you got phoenix bringing in chris paul to try and say hey devin look i know we haven't made the playoffs but we got you chris paul let's try this one more time you got washington and houston just shuffling stars saying all right james harden let's try it with john wall even though he hasn't played in two years and he can't shoot and and then washington saying to bradley beal uh well maybe you'll like it better with russell westbrook i bet you one of those teams kind of has has a good season and then goes forward with that same formula beyond this upcoming year. I'll bet you at least one or two of those teams, Doogie, realizes, yeah, this wasn't the answer, and now the star is disgruntled. Rank those three teams in the order in which the Timberwolves should make phone calls in like six months from now for Beal, Devin Booker, and James Harden.
0: Well, contractually speaking, Beal has less years remaining than Booker. I also think with Monty Williams in charge with Oklahoma City surely coming out of the top eight in the West with, I think, Houston maybe likely to come out of the top eight in the West, that there is a path to the top eight for Phoenix. Certainly a path to the top 10. Let's not forget seeds nine and 10 will have a chance to make the playoffs with this play in tourney. So of those three for the next one to two years, I feel most confident about Phoenix. In other words, I think it would be really hard to pry Devin Booker out of Phoenix. On Washington, I can tell you that Scotty Brooks, who's got Minnesota ties, I like Scotty. Scotty's guy is Russ. Like, Russ and Scotty were together in OKC. That's right. You know, they they have a really good relationship. But can that work with Bradley Beal? I don't know. I'm fascinated to see how, how that plays out. I can see a scenario where Washington moves on from Beal, but maybe after this gigantic trade last night... It's not at the trade deadline. It's not, you know, March 10th. Maybe it's more like next off season. But I could see a scenario where, where Washington does eventually have to, have to get to that spot. On Houston, I don't know what the heck's going on down there. I do know, just based on the national reports, that James Harden turned down an extension that would have paid him $50 million a year. Yeah, so it's not about the money with him. So <laughs> if he's turning that down... Houston just looks like a situation with a new general manager, with Daryl Morey out, with a new head coach, a first-time head coach, that they're eventually going to blow it up even more. So if you're the Wolves, you had trade interest, pre-draft, draft draft night, and P.J. Tucker, that's an interesting name, right? You could still argue that Wancho Hernan Gomez is not a starting power forward, that if you're aiming to be one of those top 10 seeds, that should be a realistic goal for the Wolves. Call me nuts, but I think they should aim to be the 9 or the 10 seed. Or even the seven or the eight seed you could use another forward so why not call houston on pj tucker again speaking
3: of cash flow dukes what is the uh word on what the twins payroll is going to be for 2021 and do we think that rosario and his potential salary gets replaced or do we think because of the financial windfall for baseball it gets pocketed
0: well, I mean, maybe that money gets shifted elsewhere. I don't think it gets shifted to an outfield spot when you sure. have Alex Kiriloff ready to go. You could go with Brent Rooker, who I talked to the other day for my podcast. He just swung a bat for the first time since his forearm surgery. Swung a bat on Monday. He'll be fine by... By spring training, this is assuming, by the way, spring training starts on time. I mean, do we have any sense right now that spring training no, I, will start in mid-February? Do they push that back? Yes, I think they do. You know, as a vaccine starts to be more readily available, I mean, I could see a scenario where spring training is pushed back, opening day is pushed back, but Brent Rooker will be okay. But yeah, I mean, could they shift that money elsewhere? They could, Jed. I can just tell you, though, like, they want to bring back Nelly Cruz, right? We know that. They want to bring back Jake to Rizzi. If that's not clear, they do, mm-hmm. but I can tell you on those two maybe more so Odo, that they're not being very aggressive. Now, all it takes is one new call and offer, but other teams, you know, the Giants are looking for some starting pitching in addition to, to what they've already done. The Blue Jays, same situation. They re-signed Robbie Ray, but they're still looking to do some stuff. The starting pitching market is pretty darn strong. When Drew Smiley is getting, what did he get, Phil, $11 million, $12 million? Yeah. That's pretty good. Mike Miner got, what, two years, $17 million From the Royals, From yes. the Royals? Are you kidding me? And the Twins, by the way, had interest in Miner, but the Twins were not giving Mike Miner that contract. So they're going to do some stuff, Judd. But, yeah, I think it's inevitable that, that the payroll is going to come down. It's just a matter of how much it'll come down. And on Cruz, he's in no rush. Lavelle had the report earlier this week that the Twins made him a one-year offer. That's laughable. Did they really think that Nelly Cruz on, you name the date, whatever it was, November 15th was going to accept a one-year offer? Give me a bleep and break. Like, he wants clarity. Major League Baseball, by the way. What a joke that we're now into December. And we don't know if the National League will have I'm the DH so dumb. in 2021. It might be February. It's so stupid. Oh, baseball. My God.
2: Baseball baseball is like all the things we complained about a year, two years ago, the baseball.
0: It's so much worse now than it was a year, two, three years ago. They can't get out of their own way. It yeah. curbs my enthusiasm for the sport. Yeah. Like, I was struggling. I was driving in, and I was thinking about this. Like, who's dumber, the National Hockey League, Judd, or Major League Baseball? At least, you know what? At least Gary Bettman is, and this is what he should have been
2: talking about 15 years ago when they went to Outdoor Life Network, for God's sakes. But at least he's publicly saying now, it's less about the money. We want money with our new partnerships, but we want exposure. We want, you know, we want production. We want big names talking about the NHL. It's like, yeah, that's how you market your sport. But, But the problem is, is in baseball... And
3: hockey are both guilty of this fault. Both of them refuse to make the players true partners. It's a thing that basketball does brilliantly. Yeah. Basketball is basically like, we need you players. You're you are on the marquee, not us, so how can we make this work? And baseball, Manfred and Bettman both fight this thing tooth and nail to try and bleed the players as much as possible. And that's where it falls apart. And that and that's an extension of why we are here right now in December, not knowing if all, entire league is going to have yeah. a DH. It's ridiculous.
0: Like, think about Marcelo Zuna. Now, yeah. his new agent thinks he can play some outfield, but realistically speaking, he needs a lot of DH at-bats. Mm-hmm. Kyle Schwarber, good bat, right? I'm not quite sure where you play him in the field, but if you're Kyle Schwarber's agent, wouldn't you love to know if the National League will have the DH? And I can tell you, the Nelly Cruz camp Wants to know if the National League is going to have the DH, but in no way, shape, or form was Nelly Cruz taking a Twins one-year offer in mid-November. If he has to in mid-February, okay. But in mid-November, no bleeping way. Here's a
2: question. If you're the Twins, so I get that he's 40. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball the last two years. He's arguably had his two best seasons offensively as a 38- and 39-year-old. So... There's a pretty low risk that he's like he's going to be productive in 2021 to some extent. Maybe he maybe he drops off 25 or 20%. If you feel like your window is open for 2020, why not just offer him a two-year contract and then roll the dice on that second, you know, if the second year's a train wreck, well, that's okay. Your
0: your window to win is now. What's... Well, although do they wait and see if he truly gets any other two-year offer? My sense is he hasn't gotten a two-year offer yet. So do the Twins play the waiting game and see if they can get him one year plus some sort of mutual option, right? Where if he hits certain incentives, maybe the option kicks in. His first contract, right? Yeah, if, if the Twins need to, they see can him off, buy him so. out for, for 2022, yep. where he's guaranteed some money yep. beyond just the 2021 money. Mm-hmm. I think that, that to me, will be the eventual end game. I mean, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If all things are equal, Nellie wants to be back. Like, he loves it here. Oda Rizzi loves it here. That's a credit to the Twins for, you know, what's our popular buzzword now in sports culture, that they've created this culture where guys do legitimately want to come back. But, hey.
3: Trevor May left <laughs> they us. Need to,
0: they need to pay up, too. Damn it,
3: Trevor May. He left us. Uh, well, we,
0: the Twins weren't going to do that deal, though, at, at seven seven five a I year. I wouldn't have either. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Well, hey. the velo keeps going up. I mean, the Mets have money to spend. I mean, that's just further proof that the new owner, Cohen, is going to spend money, so keep an eye on them, on on many guys. And I can tell you this much, if the National League adopts the DH, keep an eye on the Mets on Nelly Cruz. For sure. Hey, we know we only have a couple
2: minutes left, so go ahead and empty your scoop bag with us, dude, before we say bye. The
0: Twins did talk to Jose Barrios' agent about a long-term deal before they settled at, what was it, 6-1 last night? But there was some more dialogue. They've, they've had ongoing talks for, for a couple years with the Barrios camp about about a long-term extension. So just something to, to keep an eye on as, as the calendar flips to, to 2021. His contract is guaranteed, by the way. So these guys that sign, you know, when they're arbitration eligible, technically those contracts are not fully guaranteed until the season starts. You could make a move during spring training. It's incredibly rare. But in the case of Borreos, full guarantee. In the case of Byron Buxton, full guarantee. The Twins have interest in the Shohei Otani of Cuba he signed during the international free agent period. Hmm. His name is Oscar Colas. Now there's about 15 teams with legitimate interest, but add the twins to the, to the interest list. He can pitch. He can play like four positions in the field. Who knows exactly how old he is, but they list him at like twenty two. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, he's got he's forty. He's, yeah, he's, he's got actually sixty two. He's got star written all he, over when him. When does his beard look like Judd's? That's yeah. super yeah. weird. Yeah, I, why I, is that beard so yeah. gray, the, Oscar?
3: The posting fee on Judd Zolgad is five hundred thousand, and I'll take it. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so anyway, just just a name to to keep an eye on. The twins remain interested in Corey Kluber. So, when thinking about. I like that. You know, well, external like that. free agent arms. I know that that we all love Trevor Bauer. I just I I still don't see the path that that ends in Bauer landing here, but do I see a path where where the Twins make some inquiries? Absolutely, but I just I would not bet at this point on on Trevor Bauer landing here unless he comes down, you know, somewhat price-wise, and I don't have a great sense of of what that price is, but clearly coming off the year he had He's going to get an incredibly large contract. So it's just it's hard for me to see Trevor Bauer landing here. But do the Twins like him? Yeah, like a lot of teams, the the Twins do like him. Some other names that the Wolves called on, either pre-draft or draft night, Larry Nance Jr. of the Cavs, Aaron Gordon of Orlando. So when talking about P.J. Tucker, Larry Nance Jr., Aaron Gordon, those are just names to keep an eye on as the trade deadline approaches. Darren Doogie
2: Wolfson from the Scoop. You can find it at Apple Spotify Scornorth.com and also the
0: five eyewitness news sports team. One more for you, Phil, by the way. Mm-hmm. Go for Football hopes to be back in their in their offices today. Jeez. Oh, and wow. everything All is trending toward them. them playing against <laughs> Nebraska. It really is Two more games unbelievable. I can tell you one assistant coach, I won't name him, but one assistant coach, a position coach, is positive. He got it from a player. Like, he's 100% positive. He got it from a player. By the way, pretty much asymptomatic. Like, there's what, 46 or 47 positive tests over there with the football program? Yeah. Just about every single one, either minimal symptoms or or a lot of people are asymptomatic. Yeah.
2: So, all right, Dukes, good stuff, man. We'll
0: talk you next gotta week. You got to take it easy. All, all right.
2: right. Uh, Mackie and Judd on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Quick pause and then some old tweets exposed. Yes, every single week on this show, Declan Goff goes through 10 plus years of Twitter archives. Judd and I have both been tweeting things nonsensically since mm-hmm. 2009. And uh, sometimes there's alcohol involved, sometimes there's oh, yeah. not, which is even more embarrassing. But uh, no one is safe here no among the three of us in
4: Old Tweets Exposed. Okay. It's a Vikings quarterback edition of Old Tweets oh, Exposed. Oh because so you, you've got a
3: Teddy tweet that you want us to see before we get past actually, our Teddy week. It,
4: you have a Teddy tweet. I have a Kirk Cousins tweet. Oh. So the, flip it, uh, the script oh, has been flipped, okay, all Mr. Right. Zolgad. Okay. We're going to start with uh, noted number one Kirk Cousins fan, Phil Mackey, who he tweeted is my guy. just six days ago. This take on Kirk Cousins. This doesn't sound like the number one Kirk Cousins fan of mine. Wow. Kirk Cousins had 15% of the cap. My account isn't, got, No, good my account enough. got hacked. My account got Happy, hacked. This to to was, I did not tweet this. Roster deficiencies and lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl. No clickbait. It isn't for ratings, it's a fact. Washington and the Vikings have both experienced it firsthand. This isn't hard. Happy Thanksgiving. Turkey emoji. The turkey right there. I thought this was the Kirk Cousins number one fan account. Whoa, whoa. Who is this guy? Okay,
2: may have had a couple glasses of red wine in me. It was probably Thanksgiving morning. I don't know. That tweet might not be
3: wrong, by the way. I don't know. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that tweet might not be wrong.
2: Listen, I've had a lot of people on Twitter, people on our YouTube, our Purple Daily YouTube Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. comment section, accuse me yeah, of being sarcastic this week with my what? Kirk Cousins love. No. People saying, "Mackie, you don't really feel that way. You're not really Kirk Cousins' number one fan." Yeah, prove Prove, it. It. prove that I'm not. All right, I got a hat. Yeah, you got number one. You got a, got a fan. homemade
3: hat, which homemade can easily hat. be turned into Kirk's least favorite or something that
2: would be derogatory of Kirk next no, week. That's high quality scrap paper.
4: Well, let me let me self-report here because you claim. You're Kirk Cousins' number one fan, and you're the number one guy who has said it first. Let me take you to 2015 at 2:55 2. in the morning, at December 27th. New, AVI, Declan, new
2: Avi, alert here, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. new glasses avatar alert. That, that guy's the,
4: the deck frames. Yeah, 2:55 a.m., December 27th, 2015. <laughs> I'm all aboard <laughs> this Kirk Cousins train. I love so the by to, the way
2: 2:55 a.m. timestamp. here is yeah. great. Two, 2015. Two
3: thousand, what the in the year of Teddy. Well, were you hammered watching Had to have been. watching Washington highlights? Had let's to have let's been. go
2: find the game. So this is December 27, 2015. So Kirk's, what? his, is his first year as a starter in Washington? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, first year as a starter in
4: Washington. Okay, let's find the game. The well, best well, part, is, the game, the best
3: deep part deep. is, Declan, you misspelled his name.
4: Of course I did. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> well, How did he spell it? Kirk, Kirk Cousin. Kirk Cousin. My no,
2: favorite Kirk, cousin. Kirk wasn't good enough to be plural yet in 2015. Uh, so I was, tweeted like this. That? Oh man. Oh, you're right, dude. He lit the Eagles. Okay, week
4: 15. No, week, it was a Saturday night game.
2: Week 15. <laughs> Washington beats the Eagles as part of a four-game winning streak to finish 9 and 7 to end the season. They beat the Eagles 38 to 24. Kirk Cousins. This is a road game. And this is this is going to be the Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins goes 31 yeah. of 46 for yeah. 365 and four touchdowns. All the pre- Yep. <laughs> Yep,
3: Kirk, Kirk was feel, when Kirk's feeling it, Kirk's feeling it. Yeah. You like that?
2: You like that?
3: Oh, come on, play Zim. You like that? Play Zim. Oh, how like this really, days?
2: If you really want it. Oh, yeah. Like how this tastes? Yep. All
3: right all, right, all week. I'll play both of them. 0-9. It's because you asked for
2: it. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three
0: words for you. You like that? Yeah. So, I heard it all week long, right? 0-9 on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You like how this
2: tastes? Yeah. <laughs> and the reaction's like,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the ball was dropped so badly that I think the reaction's like, oh my God, really? You
2: like how this tastes? They're like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, get
3: that away. Put that wow. away.
2: <laughs> don't. Put that back in. Your
3: pants.
4: <laughs> no, I don't like how it tastes. God. All right, so we have a a Kirk Cousins fraudulent tweet that Mackie's account was was hacked. I claim to be the real first one, uh, drunk Declan wrapping up super senior year at St. Cloud State. But Judd Zolgad, uh, in the early part of 2018, wrote a column. He said the Vikings seem likely to put their faith in Teddy Bridgewater to reclaim the starting quarterback position in 2018. Oh, so this was two? This was January 23rd. This was two months before
3: Kirk. 2018.
4: Yeah, two months before Kirk. So what led you to and what led you to believe that they were going to do this?
3: Ah, uh, because Zim loved Teddy as, okay. as much or more. Got a lot of th- love, as much or this. more than you did. You got
4: tweet, dude. This might be like one of your more interactive tweets. This is a seven hundred sixty three likes on this that. This is bad just boy. a
3: day of being Judd. Uh, it's just a day. It's just a day of being <laughs> Zolgad. Content no, because Zimmer loved Teddy. That right? my I, I was convinced by that point, and this came. So this came when after the... Mike had spent the entire year in two thousand seventeen. Uh, poking at case and b- basically ripping case without ba- you know without ripping him completely, so this was my theory was he 's going to go back to Teddy, and then of course Kirk came along what so this two months was, after this. Uh,
4: this was two days after the beating in Philadelphia,
3: yes, and so I was trying to deduct who the quarterback might be, and i don 't think the cousin's train was rolling yet, Quite yet. yeah it started yeah. shortly thereafter
2: I still can 't get over this Philadelphia game from two thousand five. December twenty sixth. It's such a Kirk game, though. So Declan watched this game on December twenty sixth. We're all getting. I ham- must.
4: Said, well, if it's two fifty five a.m., I must have been watching the highlights or something on Sportsnet. Yeah, this, so was, we like a, this was like this was like this was
2: a Saturday night game on yep. December twenty sixth. Oh, yeah, you, you were so I think. drunk. Yeah. And Declan's Declan's watching the highlights, coming back home from the St. Cloud bars or wherever you were. It's probably home for the holidays. Kirk just rocking four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. This is this might be his best game ever. This this three sixty four four touchdowns. So it's not even really that. I mean, that's the that was the wagon to be on it, right? And he paid him so
3: much respect he couldn't even put the last S in his
2: name. That's right. <laughs> this is correct. So those are your old tweets exposed here on Mackie and Judd. Uh, just a quick reminder and a thank you. We surpassed 13,000 subscribers uh, between our two YouTube channels this week. Also, awesome. thanks to everyone who has followed us to new platforms. And uh, and those of you who also listen to us on old platforms, you can still find us 5 to 6 o'clock on Score North Radio, AM 1500 in the Twin Cities and the Score North app. But our two YouTube channels are YouTube.com slash Score North MN and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Action Movie Rewind. True Lies. Oh, yeah. True. One of the great Arnold Schwarzenegger. I watched it yesterday. I, I didn't know it was uh, so page, long.
4: I haven't seen it yet. Page of notes. I've got a page of notes. Two hours. I'm And some provocative two, Jamie Lee Curtis. We've got to get out of here.
3: 2.24, right? Get down. Yeah. It's like 2.20. That's,
4: that's long for Arnold. I mean, I guess he did Terminator. Wait, how long is this movie? It's like 2.20. 220.
2: True Lies is 2.20? Yeah, I yes. looked it up last night, and I was what? like,
4: whoa. I thought just 90 minutes. And we'll discuss
2: though. it tomorrow,
3: but there is a reason. There is one sole reason why it's 2.20. That's
4: just a teaser because okay. I'll tell you tomorrow. You've so already, really you don't, I haven't watched it again. I watched yet. it yesterday. A, I like how you do, do like the dude on a Wednesday. I didn't have it fresh in my mind for Thursday.
3: I take notes and then, and then transcribe them. Um, and <laughs> so I've got, I, I need to think about what the
2: process is of the film. What, two hours and 20 minutes for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is awfully self-indulgent.
3: Yeah. Which, oh, if there's I a reason this, why. Oh, okay. It's James Cameron and
2: Arnold and
3: oh, okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. There's a reason why we'll discuss. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow.
0: The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this
3: place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew
0: it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota so little time
4: this holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two bakers has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last bakers
1: fresh for everyone free pickup on orders of 35 dollars or more restrictions may apply
2: get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale